Well, hello and welcome to The Wednesday Word, the Desert Spring Church podcast coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, My name is Julie Hart. I'm the Connectional Director here, and I have uh, with us a first-time podcast guest, uh, Brenda. And uh, we also have Grant in the studio this morning. I'll let them introduce themselves in a moment. Uh, But the Wednesday Word is just kind of a deeper dive into Pastor David's sermon. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it uh, or watch it, you can find that... um, on our Facebook page or also on our website, desertspringchurch.com. But he's written a devotional to go along with that, along with some questions for us to wrestle with this week. Um, So we are going to begin wrestling with those here together today. Uh, So Brenda, introduce yourself. Brenda and I go back a minute too. So introduce yourself and um, just a little bit about um, how you came to be at Desert Spring. My name is Brenda Brohair. I met Julie back in 1998, where I met Pastor David, and then I found that he came to Desert Springs, and I've been here ever since. There you go. There you go. He gets he gets everybody back. He gets a flock that scatters about back, right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, Grant is in our studio. We might be hearing some from Grant today, so tell us a little about yourself. Uh, Well, uh, for those who don't know, I am the membership director here at Desert Spring United Methodist Church, and occasionally I am the backup tech guy when Chris can't be here. Great. All right. Well, with that, we're going to go ahead and get started with Pastor David's devotional, um, and I'll read it, and we'll stop along the way with his questions. Uh, So he starts from Matthew 7, verses 12 through 14, and also verse 21. He says, it says, so in everything do to others what you would have them do for you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. From verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So Pastor David says, Last Sunday, I finished my sermon series on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. During the sermon, I talked about the very human experience of coming to a fork in the road. We have experienced it often, needing to decide about what will come next for us in our lives. One such fork in the road, for those of us who are Christians, was the decision to follow Jesus. Becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ was a decision we made. What is your story about how or why you decided to follow Jesus? Um, So I'll start with this one. For me, um, I was married in the church. I didn't, I really didn't go to church. Uh, Church wasn't awesome when I was a kid, so I wasn't looking to become a part of the church. But for some reason, I wanted to be married in the church. And so we found um, University United Methodist Church. They do have a lovely chapel, and I was married there. I did not have any tension whatsoever of going back to church after we were married, but for some reason, I felt drawn to it. Um, And as I look back to it now, I think it was the people who drew me in, not really church or Jesus, (laughs) as I, that's, you know, I was more drawn to the people at that time, and I wanted to go, and we did go, um, and um 
you know, then we started to, to, to learn a little bit about it. I wasn't there very long when the pastor of the church, Dr. John, um, asked me if I would consider being a youth director. Um, but I have to back up to say that at that time, I was actually a cocktail waitress in the dinner show at the Rio. So that was, um, it was an interesting, interesting thing to consider. Um, ministry was not on my radar, and I don't know how I ended up on his radar. <laughs> but, um, and so it was a very unexpected fork in the road for me, to say the least. Um, those two paths would obviously lead to very, very different places and different lifestyles and different challenges and um, different paychecks. One road is a much better paycheck than the other. Um, and in case you weren't sure, serving um, my ties pays a lot more than uh, teaching teenagers about Jesus. But um, so that was a very interesting and very unexpected fork. Um, but obviously, I I chose I chose to do that, and I took the youth director job. I had I had I had no business taking it. I did not know what I was doing. I I had no experience. I had no clue about it. Um, yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. I really don't know what he was thinking, putting me in a room of full of teenagers. Um, but um, back then, that was 1997. It just, I, it felt like the right thing to do. And um, so here's the thing. That's when it happened. Because if you're going to teach about Jesus, you really better learn about it. You know, you don't. So that's, that was really a big part of my faith was, wow, I'm, i I need to really know what I'm talking about. So I had the opportunity then to really dig in. And, and um, at the time I asked, well, what does it really mean to be a Methodist? Um, and the answer was grace. It's about grace. So it's like, okay, I can do that. And so, um, yeah, that was a very, very weird fork in the road. That fork has come back to me more than once <laughs> in my life. But that was, that was the big one. So what about you, Brenda? When I was seven years old, my parents divorced and my mom and my brother had to move. Lots of changes. We went to church, but didn't do anything at home. Mm. It wasn't reinforced of yeah. what was at home. And it wasn't enough for me. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden we stopped going because my mom was a teacher. And she wanted to have at least two days to sleep in. <sighs> so we stopped going. Yeah, And I felt very lost. I felt... It was a difficult time, the difficult time for me because of the divorce, the move, and all the changes. A lot stuff. of change. And you were how old then? Seven. Okay, yeah. And the move happened when I was nine. Okay. So with all these changes and then all the stuff that I was going through and the abuse from my mother and then all that, I just wanted to get away. Mm. So I did get away, married somebody that didn't go well, and then I... Um, married somebody else and then I heard Dr. John on the radio mm. 90.5 and kept talking about University Church mm -hmm. and I kept hearing it every time I, I forgot he was on the radio <laughs> that's right <laughs> I kept hearing it every time I would take the kids to the daycare or anywhere I thought and I, I felt the nudge mm. and I'm like okay wow I felt the nudge and I go no no they won't like me and I kept hearing it. And I eventually did go. I took my foster daughter, Wendy, and went. And there was a woman, I was trying to find a nurse, and I asked her, I go, do I belong here? 
And she said, yes. And that was Jerry Devereaux. So that was right during that change. Because if you were listening to Dr. John and then you finally came, that's when the Devereaux's, Pastor David, came to be the pastor there. Yes. So so it's, it's a different pastor that got you to the door? Yes. Ah, and, then... and then when Jerry said that, I knew I was at the right place. Oh, wow. And then I was just embraced by everybody there. So past, so Jerry is Pastor David's wife, for those of you who don't know. So, and they came. 98? Must be. Louis was little. Yeah. <laughs> My <laughs> child. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that, that uh, and then the rest is history, as they say, huh? Yeah. Now I'm here. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Grant? I grew up, you know, my father and mom to an extent too, but my father in particular was very religious and grew up very religious. And so I was always brought to church for as long as I can remember. I grew up, you know, watching Bible Man in like 2002 when I was three or four. Mm -hmm. And so it's just always sort of been something that's been part Mm -hmm. of my life and it's never really not been something I've done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's part of your family too. You're... Grant's mom works in the office. His dad does preaching. Sisters does Sunday school and Bible study. Yeah, before so she went off to college. Part of your family. Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. Well, uh, Pastor David goes on to say, Toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount, right after talking about false prophets, Jesus said, Not everyone who cries, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does, does the will of my Father. Those words, Pastor David said, were certainly meant for false prophets who led people astray in Jesus' name. But we do well to pay attention to them as well. Jesus was telling us that the Christian life is more than simply believing in Jesus. Disciples of Jesus are people who believe in Jesus and try to follow him. So his next question, we'll start with you, Brenda, is what does following Jesus mean to you? How does being a follower of Jesus impact the way you live your life? It gave me a purpose because what I experienced in my childhood, uh, abuse, and then I, I, I had abuse in my both my marriages and, and a boyfriend after that. Um, I didn't, I, I felt I didn't have a purpose. I wasn't allowed to have one. Um, and I felt when I went to University Church and accepted, and then they go, okay, this is what you do. It was like a guide for me. Yeah. To yeah. show me the path. And then I get, because I didn't have the best role models. And then I have all these role models. Wow, yeah. And then I'm going, oh, that's how you're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do that, and not that. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel support and the guidance for my journey from the church, from the congregation, from mm-hmm. Desert Spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and part of your purpose is like you serve, you've always served. So it didn't take you long to, to become a servant in the church. Um, that's because we do, we have that class, um, the spiritual gifts. Okay, oh. so you took the spiritual gifts class that Pastor David did. Yeah, yeah, and mine was helping and administration. No surprise. No surprise. No surprise. <laughs> and Pastor David knew where to put me. So that's really interesting because you found a family, but you found a purpose. And that's, you know, um, I think that spiritual gifts was very exciting for me, too, when I learned, like, wait, there's, like, 
wait, you can take an inventory, you can figure this out. And, and it really was surprising to me. It has been surprising to me, but it is so cool when someone gives you the gift of knowing your own gifts, right? So you can use those and know that you're, you know, God gave you these gifts to do this work. So how are some different ways that you've used your spiritual gifts of helping administration? Um, I am back up at Sunday school for attendance. I help out with youth group. I help out. I also do the statistics um, at the church mm-hmm. for spreadsheets, numbers, spreadsheets. Wow. <laughs> it's I love it. It's what I like. And yeah, it's my passion. And I'm the one who gets to bug everybody for their numbers. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I I love that. And it, it, it's I have a purpose here, but yeah. I also I do coffee and cookies on Sunday morning. I'm like everywhere. You help out the Connection Center. Yes. Yeah. There's a, yeah. You're always, that's one thing, Brenda, like you're always, you're always willing to help. And so your purpose, you received the gift of having a purpose, but also you have given that gift back so many ways, yes. so many ways. So what about you, Grant? Uh, for me, you know, following Jesus is a very personal thing and not like in a, you know, keep close to my chest, but in a, I look at it as a journey of, you know, what I do everywhere. I look at it as more of a grant thing and not a church thing. And so for me, you know, it's about living my life the way, you know, I you read in the Bible. It's not about trying to get people to fit into these perfect little boxes based on the way I interpret the Bible. For me, it's about going out and living my life trying to just love others and to just be the best person I can be regardless of what I personally believe about you know what other people are doing or how they're responding to their situations or what you know other people in the church tell me I should respond to them as it's just about loving others the way Jesus wanted us to just so not judging yeah Mm -hmm. you know he he hung out with the poor and Mm -hmm. the uh the sinners and you know that's that which is all of us yeah. <laughs> which which is all of us yeah exactly yeah so not judging I think that's really important and and I think that sometimes Christians get that wrong and they do judge and that I think that hurts it just hurts the it not just the church but I mean it hurts people so yeah yeah it's... Jesus was not about the judgment I mean for me I think it's about like really putting your money where your mouth is if you're gonna profess to be a follower of Jesus, you kind of have to work every day to be a little bit more, live a little bit more like he did. And unlike Jesus, I'm pretty, pretty not a perfect person. Um, and most of my flaws are usually on full display at all times. <laughs> I don't think that you know, people don't say, oh, there goes Julie, that perfect person. But I hope that they say there goes Julie, someone who's, she's trying, bless her heart. <laughs> to, you know, so I, I've had a lot of people that were professed to be Christians, but didn't have that, you know, they did judge, they didn't have that love. And, and they, you know, that's really a roadblock. So I guess more than anything, I think being a follower is like, just don't be a roadblock to someone else's faith. Don't gatekeep. Yeah, that's not our job. It's not our job. Our big, big message here is all are welcome. And so if, if, yeah, we can't, we can't stray from that in this space, because it has to be a safe space for people. So Pastor David goes on to say, for me, living out the golden rule is an important part of discipleship. Jesus exemplifies the golden rule 
And as his followers, we are called to try and live accordingly. Think about the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you for a moment. What does the golden rule mean for you? I'd like to double back to my last answer. Okay, go ahead. I feel Grant, like that just basically away. I feel like yeah. that just basically covers it. Just yeah. the whole don't judge, you know, so many people have so many things going on. Mm-hmm. Our place is just to love people. Mm-hmm. And if they're going through something, try to do what you can to help them. Yeah. Right. What about you, Brenda? I want to treat people better than how I was treated. So there's not that revolving door mm-hmm. and all that. Just help. Like on Sunday, I had to do paperwork, get some information for a couple people. I didn't hear the sermon, but I could always go back and hear it. But that, that, those people needed that information, and that mm-hmm. was okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like to go the extra mile. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you, you mentioned about... Um, you want to treat others differently than the way you've been treated by exactly. many people in your life. And I think, you know, it's very easy to just, you know, we, we give out what's been given to us, you know, it's, you know, when you angry people, hurt people, hurt people, you know? Um, so I, I'm, I know it takes a lot to, to be able to get to that place for you. It does. I mean, I, my life is, has not been perfect. My, nobody's life has been perfect. I've had trials and very deep valleys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. so I just take one day at a time and just do what I can to better myself to help anybody that's, that I encounter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I see that all the time. Um, Brenda's here working as she always does on Tuesdays, right? While staff meet and all of that. So yeah. Um, so you deal with people coming in the door and, and all of that. And I, I see how you talk to people. So yeah. So I think this, the, this rule, I mean, cause we've been this, this gets drilled into us pre- from a pretty young age, right? Uh, so we knew this a young, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And as simple as it sounds, I, I think it, it, I really do think it requires us to be able to walk in their shoes which means we have to humble ourselves enough to picture ourselves in their situation. And recently someone came into my life um, who is really, I mean, she, she really, really challenges me like really a lot. And it's, uh, it's someone that honestly, I, I realized I, I really kind of judged from the outside looking in um, for a lot of years. I did not know her, but um, I had decided based on what, I knew about things, how she should have been doing things. Um, she's a grown woman. It's like, why are you letting these things happen? And I, I did. I realized um, this is a person I don't know, but I had I had made decisions about her. And not too long ago, something really bad happened in her home. And um, I do not know what came over me, but I felt compelled to reach out to her. And I'd never done that before. I had to find her number and, and you know reach out. And when I did, you know, she said, can I, can, can you call me? And so we talked for like an hour and a half and I hung up the phone with a very different, you know, like, first of all, feeling convicted, like, all right, I really have been judging her and I need to take it back because now I'm, I'm talking to her and, and hearing her story. And, um, so when we ended the conversation, I said, you know, let me know if there's anything I can do. And I don't know what I meant by that. I think I meant, 
can I drive the kids to karate lesson or can I bring a meal or, you know, pray for you? Um, I didn't really at that time when I said that mean, let me just get completely tangled up and involved in, in this mess that you're in. Um, and I did, I, I did end up, I am in that situation and trying to help her pick up these pieces. And that golden rule, it required me to set aside my judgments. Cause even still sometimes I'm like, listen, this is a grown woman. Like she should be doing this. And when I talk to her, I have to keep reminding myself to set that aside. She's the way she is because of whatever life has given to her in all these years. And so, um, I'm trying, I'm trying to help and uh, she challenges me, but I just have to keep listening to her story. And the more I listen to her story, the more I, I can understand like how she ended up there. The more I can actually put my feet in her shoes, the more I listen to um, all the things that happened before. So I, I have to, I have to be able to try to put myself in that shoes. Like, wow, what would that be like for me? You know? Um, and I just have to continue to, I just have to keep listening to her and just try to put myself there. And, um, and I think that's it. I think the golden rule is harder than it sounds. Like do unto others, like you have to, to do unto others, you have to really think about, well, what is that like to be in those shoes? And I wouldn't want to be in her shoes. They're terrible, terrible shoes. We need to, we, we receive a lot of grace quite often, you know? So, I mean, here we, there's a lot of grace. I mean, David, you know, Pastor David, he, he knows we're not going to get it all right. So he says, when thinking about the meaning of the golden rule, it is important that we not understand it as a self-serving rule. I will be kind to you so that you are kind to me, as if how I'm treated is most important. Instead, he says, I believe Jesus wants us to be concerned about how our lives impact the people around us. The decisions we make and the actions we take can impact people in positive ways or negative ways. Jesus' golden rule instructs us to be intentional in impacting people in positive ways. Throughout most days, each one of us will encounter some people, some may be in person, some may be on the phone or by text or by email, but most of us will connect with someone throughout the day. So what is a simple thing that you can do to bring blessings to the life of someone you connect with today? What do you say, Grant? Sometimes it's just a smile. Like yep. regardless how hard the day is, I yep. got, la- you know, today's a perfect example. I'm an insomniac, so I got, I think, two hours of sleep last uh. night. I then, you know, had a massive migraine yesterday too. So like I woke up feeling terrible today. Mm-hmm. And it's I, hard to I smile ca- when, yeah, yeah, I came to work. but And then we ordered, uh, my mom and I ordered food. And I forgot to get a drink and I wasn't going to be able to eat until, you know, after the podcast and Mm -hmm. not at the time usual. And sometimes it's just going, I really just don't, I'm not going to let this bother me. Yeah. I'm just going to put a smile on my face and get through the day. Yeah. Any trouble will pass. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's really true. And smile. Yeah. Even if you're not feeling it. Yeah. Smile to someone else. What about you, Brenda? What's one simple thing that you try to do oh grant i have a pepsi in the refrigerator you want oh look at this i feel like i'm witnessing the love (laughs) i appreciate it but i need to be drinking more water anyway so that was healthier for me i forgot to buy a soda (laughs) Uh, i mean for me i mean just like that just offering that yeah um give people value Mm -hmm. and let them know they have a purpose and they're not alone yeah when you do you like look for people who look like they're feeling alone or I try to do my best, uh, Pastor David, um, bef- back in 2017, 2018, he, he would say, 
go meet somebody new in the sanctuary during your service. Yeah, he needs to say that again. <laughs> yeah. And as we don't pass the peace right now, and I, I did that, and I met people, yeah. great people. And if you don't do that, and just let them know, hey, you're here. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm thankful that you are here. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that. I'm trying to do that again. So when I think about what I can do for connecting, I, I love it when people ask how they can pray for me. You know, I, I have a friend that we talk every Monday morning at six and, it, and she always ends with like, how, how can I be praying for you? And so I think about that throughout the week sometimes like, all right, we, we, you know, we put this up in prayer. And, um, so I think, I think offering to pray for someone else, um, is one, you know, that's a simple thing to do. I love it when people do that for me. Um, and I, like you, Grant, like the smile, I try to end my texts and my emails and all that with a smile, just, just so if maybe I didn't say the words right or whatever, people I know, like, I come in peace, like I'm here to, you know, like, yeah, yeah. All right. So Pastor David goes on to say, of course, following Jesus brings blessings upon us as well. In Matthew seven fourteen, Jesus said that the path of following him is one that leads to life. David says, for me, as I have followed Jesus, he has poured out upon me grace upon grace. He healed me of fear and welled up within me trust in God. He forgave my sins and gave me a blessed assurance. Because of my faith, I have a deep and abiding joy. I can go on. So his question to us, and this is his last question, but how about you? How has following Jesus impacted your life? How has your life been enriched? My biggest thing is it has made me so much more patient. And not like I have the patience of a saint. Yeah. But I used to be the first to jump to a quick snap decision Mm -hmm. out of judgment. Mm -hmm. The quickest to anger. The quickest to just like not want to deal with something. Mm -hmm. And following Jesus has, you know, helped me learn to step back, to take Mm -hmm. a breath, to not go so fast. Yeah. And, you know, to understand that, you know, people have situations, people, people at their core are just responding to things the best way they know how exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. And just to be patient, whether or not mm-hmm. I agree with the way someone's doing something, whether or not I think there's a better, more efficient way, it's just to be patient and slow down and let people do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I'm working on the patience part. Um, what do you say, Brenda? Um, being accepted to the church for me gave me a family mm-hmm. and then, and then you don't have to know all the answers when you're doing, have this faith journey. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have all the and you can fall off the path too. It gave you positive relationships too, right? Right. It did. Yeah. I got so many role models I could pick and go, okay, I want that for that one for that, that mm-hmm. for that. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. So many. And it's just, I have a large family and I could go to anybody in my church family and go, Mm -hmm. hey, I need help with this. Mm -hmm. I need help with that. Yeah. This, I didn't have road models. Mm -hmm. I have them here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're one of them. Aww. (laughs) We're getting a little, we're getting a little emotional in here, huh? But I know Brenda, Brenda's someone that we've gone through a lot together. We've both been through raising kids. We've been through divorce. We've been through... We've been through some stuff. We've been through some stuff. And so it's, it's, um, I love that we can just, like, you got the history. I don't have to go all the way back with you because you were there. And mm-hmm. so I think that's, 
that's been a gift for me to be able to to share in that and we've we've gone through some struggles yeah gone through some struggles but here we are yeah and you got me out of my comfort comfort see (laughs) got her got got brenda here um which is you know brenda has a story to share and i think that you know coming here it takes a lot of courage that's a, a gift for me too and i go back to going back to the fork in the road as as david said in his sermon i chose the more difficult path you know, I, I chose the more difficult path and I can't not imagine what my life would be um, if I had not chosen the path of working twice the hours for half the pay and, you know, just all of what that meant at that time when I made that choice. Um, like, where would I be now? Like my son's childhood, they would have been, their lives would have been so different, you know, growing up in the church and being a part of camp. And I think like, what would my worldview be like, but also what would my children's like worldviews be like? Um, you know, my friends, like who would be, you know, I mean, I have friends outside the church, but, but my church friends and my longtime friends, you know, it's, I cannot imagine what my life would be like had I turned the other, the direction, you know? Um, so when I came, I, did youth ministry at university church for five years. And then I, I did other things. Um, and this, the, the fort got thrown back down again. <laughs> I was working at the County, you know, had a, you know, had, as they say, the cushy County, County gig. And pastor David said, you know, we're looking for a youth director. And I, I, I literally truly fell off my chair laughing. It was so funny. Cause he called me at my other job and I, I was, I laughed so hard. Like, oh, I got a desk, I got a phone. Like, why would I possibly choose that? You know, and um, obviously I did. I, 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 that fork came back to me and I, I, I got right back and into ministry. And um, it, it's, I can't think of what a gift that was. By this time, my kids are youth group age, you know, um, and I, I got to, you know, my kids got to be a part of the work that I did. We got to do these things together. And that time is so precious. I think if I, what my life would be like if I had not chosen that fork again in my life. And, um, and now, um, it's kind of a mini fork. Last year, I was given the opportunity to, um, switch positions having done youth ministry for 13 years of my life to do I don't know, grown-up ministry. It's all ages, really, as the director of Connectional Ministries. And it was kind of a scary fork for me. It was, you know, out of my comfort zone. And um, just the people I've gotten to know in the year, like, I see people in the lobby, they come in, and I'm like, man, now I'm attached to these people. Like, now I, the more I hear their stories, I'm like, wow, like, like, these are really great people. And I, you know, I, I would see them on Sunday mornings, but I was running around barefoot and, you know, filling up with water balloons. Like I didn't really get a chance to listen to their stories. And so, yeah, I'm grateful for all those forks. But um, Pastor David closes saying, um, don't answer too quickly. Well, we just did. <laughs> he says, think deeply about this question. Then think about telling someone you encounter today. It just might bless their lives. Uh, God bless you, and I'll see you in church, Pastor David. I really loved this devotional and the questions that he had. I think that we could probably talk about these for quite some time, and I think they're questions I um, want to ask people in my life this week as the as the week goes about because it got me curious about other people and like where is a place like I want to ask my mom like what were the forks in the road in your life you know um, 
Well, um, thank you to everyone. Thank you, Brenda. For- and thank you, Grant, um, for being in and recording for us. If you are listening, we'd love to hear your comments. And um, if you think that you would be brave and courageous like Brenda here and come in and share your story, we'd love to, hear, we'd love to have you as a guest as well. So um, I'm going to go ahead and close this in prayer. Gracious, loving God, we thank you for Pastor David's message and for his devotion. Um, and we thank you for these questions um, for us to wrestle with. And God, we thank you for the forks um, in the roads um, on the journeys of our own lives that we've come to and uh, for the times that we were able to um, be obedient and to hear you and to be guided by you to, to choose the right and not necessarily the easy the easy path. We pray for those who are um, at a place in their lives where they have to make some big decisions and, and to choose a direction, to choose a path. Um, we lift up Grant right now, who is who is in that place. Um, we thank you for um, a family to, to support us and to, to uh, be able to wrestle with these questions with. Um, and we pray for those uh, that maybe don't have someone to uh, put someone in their lives that you um, can help them during these times. Thank you for uh, Pastor David again and the ways in which he um, helps us, uh, teaches us uh, to live a little bit more like you each day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.